mean, they blow you back out of the house with their guns. So leave the community alone. And we'll do our best to support the community. But ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake about it. All of that ugliness has taken away from what we're united about. We're united about the conduct that you saw with George, where his life was taken with a knee to the neck. It's horrific, and there's not enough words to explain that. Let's keep the focus on that. We have received information on social media that some of the criminals were going to take their criminal conduct into the neighborhoods. I would tell them if you value your life, you probably shouldn't do that in Polk County. Because the people of Polk County like guns. They have guns. I encourage them to own guns. And they're going to be in their homes tonight with their guns loaded. So as you can see, here on the Concrete Conservative, yours truly, Mac on the Rock, WSQF 94.5, what that sheriff was going to tell you. Flat out, this ain't Minnesota. This is Florida. And we protect ourselves, our homes especially. And we will protect our business the same with a gun. Because we're good people. The only way to defeat bad people is a good person with a gun. You saw it nationwide. People owning businesses national companies and small businesses and they had to sit there and watch some hoodlum some freak take back what is theirs i've seen the videos i've seen the instagram posts i've seen these hood these hoodlums they're from the hood gang members their chains their new york baseball caps their their total ghetto mentality one guy saying Meet me in Bow Harbor. Let's take back what's ours. And you know they're using that word with a B. And guess what? They think it's theirs. They think we owe them something. They think there's some kind of fix in the system to keep them down. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't disagree. There's a court system that's impartial to them since they, African-Americans, commit a large percentages of the crime, but there's always a case whether they're actually getting arrested more than white people committing crimes. It's always an open-ended question. So I'm going to ask Mr. Reed today from the Americans Liberties Union, we're going to have a conversation about what's going on in America today, but the real fix, and I'm hopefully he agrees with me, that the real fix is what the Democratic Party did in 1964 with the Civil Rights Act and the Great Society deal to convince blacks to vote for them, who were actually Republican before 1964, in majority, including the Martin Luther King family. I believe one of the King family nieces are is running for Congress right now in Georgia as a Republican. But anyway, what nobody wants to talk about, not even Fox News, it's definitely not CNN or any other national media, ABC, NBC, CBS, MS. NBC. No, I don't want to talk about the fact that the rioting and the looting is occurring in gun-free zones. To watch that woman get beaten up by two black hoodlums and the husband 
trying to spare her life, and they're clubbing her and clubbing him because he doesn't have a gun. It's that simple. Look at all the merchandise being ripped off and looted. These are crimes. We can't go to church and pray amongst ourselves because of coronavirus, but these people can rip us off and damage our stores, national chains and small business alike. You heard the story of this, the, the retired firefighter who opened up his sports bar, probably retired from firefighting, so he's going to live off his pension and run this store, and they burn it down, and he was already delayed because of coronavirus? Come on, man. I hope this is Mr. Reed. Let's see what he's got to say. This is Mac on the Rock, the Concrete Conservative, WSQF 94.5. I believe I'm expecting a call. Please introduce yourself. Young Americans for Liberty, how are you? Young Americans for Liberty, is this Mr. Reed? I believe you're spelling your name correctly. Cliff Maloney. Reed Cooley is uh, one of our comms guys. I'm the president of the organization. Oh, you're the president, so I got the prime timer. Thank you very much, sir. My name is Mac. This is Blink Radio Key Biscayne. I'm hearing you a little bit of a little fuzzy, so if, you, if you're on a cell phone, please stay close to it because you're coming in and out. And I thank you very much for calling the Concrete Conservative Show. Well, I appreciate you having me tonight. Yeah, the, uh, I mean, my, my little rant right before you came on was about the very fact nobody wants to talk about that the gun-free zone has got uh, American commerce at odds with the looters, and they can't do anything about it because they don't have any guns. And so I played a tape of the Polk County Sheriff here in Florida saying, don't come into our house. The people, the residents of Polk County will use their gun and blow you right out of the house. I encourage them to own guns, buy guns, and everybody here likes guns. So don't come into our neighborhoods, please. And that was my foray with the fact that nobody in the national media wants to talk about the fact that New York, Minneapolis, Portland, Washington, D.C. are places where looters can have at it because there's going to be no one defending their business with a weapon. What do you yeah, feel about right now to me is I actually think, not that I'm uh, let's say rooting for any of this rioting or looting, but I do think what's happening is you're going to see a, a sense of people defending the Second Amendment like I don't think you've ever seen before. Um, I think when danger like this presents itself, I don't care what political ideology you are, you know, you want the right to defend yourself. And with some of these extreme groups like Antifa, you know, come out and pretty much call for, for, for murder. Um, I mean, these are real tweets that we're seeing. They're calling for the destruction of property and for taking life. Um, I think anybody, regardless of what you believe, all of a sudden believes in the right to self-defense. And so I'm hoping that one of the things that we can pull from this is people see all this violence. Um, they see some of the irrational actions being taken. Um, and look, I'm all for peaceful protest. But you start barging into, barging into people's houses, the Polk Sheriff is right. People are going to fight back. Um, you know, yeah, especially when a wife and young children in the house. Absolutely. Right. Political correctness goes out the window when you barge into somebody's house uh, without being welcome. I mean, that's the American way. Property rights are one of the, the major uh, pillars of the American society. So that's the, that's the silver lining I'm seeing in all of this. Is I don't think we're going to see any gun control bills go anywhere. Because I think most normal Americans are now saying, wait a second, 
this is why we have the right to self-defense. And also the right to have an AR-15, an assault rifle during riots. <laughs> See, that's that's the issue is that everybody, does, they do the piecemeal and they only think about the Columbine High School massacre and stuff like that, but they don't visualize what happened with uh, you know Rodney King back in the day, what's happening today. Riots do break out, and although there's a righteous indignation, because we all saw the video, um, there's a there's a real desire to 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 end this violence against a minority group. I'm a, I myself am a minority, but I don't take it any farther than that. I uh, I believe in the assault rifle. I believe there are moments like this where a, a pistol isn't enough, and unfortunately, you sometimes have to protect your neighbor's house, not only yours. And uh, I find it so sad that downtown uh, areas that are most hurt by this are the very downtown areas that that the protesters come from. And uh, it's all very sad to me, but you don't really get a second chance. You know, if they kill you and you don't kill them, uh, guess what? There's, you know, there's much more than just George Floyd. You know, there's a lot more to that. Do you think, based on what you said and what I said, we seem to be in agreement do you believe it correlates into in the Republicans keeping the Senate? Because I don't think, I don't think Donald Trump is a, is a, is the worry here. I do worry that he has a second term, very much like Ronald Reagan's, where he got where Reagan got absolutely nothing done domestically. Yeah, I think what's going to happen is you have to watch to see. Uh, one, um, you know, I, I don't know what Joe Biden does in terms of. Uh, you know, if you're talking about the White House, I mean, obviously, uh, Biden at the top of the ticket impacts the Senate races. You know, the Trump versus Biden race, I think people fail to realize how much the presidential race controls so much of the down-ballot voting. Yeah, but Mr. Mr. Trump had uh, never been really tested on cocktails because he lost miserably in 2008, 18, sorry, when all his Democrats— uh, you know, scared away his incumbent Republicans in the in the Congress, and although he did hang in there in the Senate, uh, by the nick of it, by the by the nick of his chinny chin chin, we did lose the House, and look what, not we. I'm going to speak only for myself. Pelosi got back in power, and look what she did. She she created a serious havoc for two years, uh, rising to the level of impeachment, which I'm not sure Americans take offense to what she did, but uh, I do. Yeah, and I think, look, if we're talking about electoral politics, this is the way I look at it. You know, people vote based on what their day-to-day lives, um, you know, consist of. And I think uh, COVID, uh, sadly, political operatives look at uh, any type of a situation and try to make it political. And I think the problem that Biden has made, or the problem that he has now, or the challenge is, you know, he, he ran as an empty suit. He was an alternative to Trump. And you can't, you, you can do that during, I guess, you know, normal times, but in the middle of a pandemic, you can't give vague answers, right? And when nobody has the right answers, you know, oh, look at his Twitter feed, Joe Biden. I mean, his entire Twitter feed is feel good, you know, we need to come together as a people. People don't want to hear that right now. <laughs> no, they I, want the... real solutions. They want real actionable items that you're going to take. And I just don't think people are buying it. Yeah, the question is, will it will it parlay to like defeating uh, Kolbachar in Minnesota? Will it? Will you defeat uh, the moron in Alabama on in the special election? Uh, I can't remember his name because I can't believe he won. 
uh, there's so many cases where will politics, in fact, translate into local politics? Because without a Senate, Donald Trump's truth uh, truth theorem really becomes Ronald Reagan. And uh, I'm not trying to compare the eloquence. I'm trying to compare the the legacy. And, yeah. and without a Senate, you're pretty much nothing. Because you might not be able to pass anything domestically, regardless of the circumstance of COVID and this these rights might be the reason why nothing gets done. But man, at least you're getting federal judges approved, 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 so that you and I know that our children will will be in good hands if we were to depart tomorrow. Because these judges, on top of Trump's success at putting in these federal judges, they're in their 50s. So they get to sit there for a while. Yeah, so, I think you're spot on because I think a lot of people don't realize that not only do I think we hold the Senate, I think there's a pretty good chance that, that we take the House. I think the the problem is, you know, we're still four months out from the election. And I think, you know, as you look at some of these races, um, you're going to you're gonna find real quickly. I mean, the House is a lot tighter than I think Democrats want it to be. You've got more than 30 districts where Trump won in 2016, but Democrats currently hold the seat. Okay. Those are what people call the, the dirty 30. Um, where, you know, you've got an opportunity for Republicans to take those seats back. Um, but I think uh, I think the real problem you're going to see for Democrats is there isn't really a COVID message. So so what what is the issue that is hurting most people? Obviously, in the middle of this whole shutdown, it's COVID. And so I think Democrats might still have time to develop the message, but I don't know what that message is. Well, and there, and there are two Democratic leaders made terrible mistakes in their respective states, New Jersey and New York, making terrible errors, allowing COVID-infected people back into nursing homes. That was a disaster. Can we articulate that on our side to make sure that everybody understands that their leaders failed them? That's, you know, that's, a hard, that's not that hard of a sell, but uh, Republicans aren't known for selling even candy well. So... Uh, you know, Republicans, our biggest problem that they have is themselves. They really don't stand for anything other than small government, low taxes. Well, guess what? You created Homeland Security, so how do you explain that one? <laughs> so it's one of those things, you know. It's uh, It really frustrates me to be a, a Republican my whole life, never having to vote for a Democrat, so I'm completely of my conscience. The only person I might have even thought about doing was Bob Graham as governor, but I wasn't 18 at the time, so I, I didn't even I couldn't even vote for him. But it's this thing that what is it the Republicans don't get? You know, I mean, there's we have 23, they have 13 up for re-election in the Senate. That's a serious number to to hold to hold off all 23 and gain one or two so that we have you know a, a, a stronger majority. I'm not so sure that. Uh, that can be pulled off with this type of mayhem. Do the American people really understand? You heard him today, uh, Floyd's brother saying, hey, really study when you vote. Know who you're voting for. Well, he doesn't really let you know that he's on the president's side. I'm hoping he, that in that conversation he had with Trump that he believes that Trump is on his side. But he didn't say that. He didn't articulate that on the megaphone today unless he said it and the news was not watching what are liberal states, liberal voters, independent voters, what are they actually thinking right now? Do they really believe in law and order? Do they believe that their merchants had the right to defend their businesses and couldn't because of the gun-free regulations in each one of these states? I mean, 
why aren't Republicans out there saying that? I, I only know, I've only heard one, one item nationally so far on Twitter, Polk County Sheriff. It's the only time I've heard anything has to do with the right to defend yourself. It's the only time. And I've been, I've been poking around on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook for the last seven or eight days. And, man, I'm not hearing anything from our side. I'm not hearing our leaders and Mitch McConnell and Graham. No one's associating crime, looting, and the and the weapon, the personal weapon to defend yourself. How do you feel about that? What is your your organization's formal stance on that? Could you repeat it one more time? You were breaking up a little bit there at the end. Okay. What is the formal stance of the young, uh, the young Republicans, I, I believe you said? Um what is your stance on the right to defend your property, which you as well stated, but the association with the gun-free zones in the liberal states to convert these votes? How is it you're trying to appeal to the young fo- the young voter? First of all, getting them to actually go to the polls and stand in line when the Democratic Party wants them to mail in their ballots. That's already an issue that smells like, like fraud left and right. What is it you all are doing now? Um, of course, give your website and stuff like that so people can communicate with you. But what is it you're really selling to the young folks to get up off their butts and believe in their country and vote for law and order and vote conservative? Yeah, so our group's name is Young Americans for Liberty. You can find us at yaliberty.org. So I'm not, I'm not right to assume that they're Republican. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, but what I tell people is this. I mean, listen, I don't like the word Republican. I, I happen to be Republican, but I like constitutional conservative. Yes. Because like you said, you know, there's so many Republicans out there. Uh, you know, we as Republicans, we went and doubled the size of the Department of Education. Like you said, we created the Department of Homeland Security. You, the, largest, raised, the largest in history. Right. We've raised and spent more money under uh, Republicans than we have Democrats. And so I think what happens is this. You know, Republicans run as Republicans. They run as conservatives. But then they get in, a lot of times they govern uh, like they're Democrats, or they legislate like they're Democrats. And so one of the things that we focus on is I'm trying to build a new bench of up-and-coming what we call liberty legislators, young leadership in this country that actually believes in the Constitution, believes in limited government. And like I said, look, in the short term, this election, sure, is it going to come down to Trump and COVID and, and public opinion of Biden versus Trump? Yes. But in the long term, it's going to be a problem for Republicans. You want to know why? Because we just passed a $2 trillion stimulus. Oh, yes. And, and, and Trump's last federal budget was grotesque, too. And we can try to blame Pelosi. That's fine. I mean, they're complicit, too. But guess what? Trump signed them. Yep. And at the end of the day, we got to own that stuff. And so it's going to be tough to go out there two, four, six, eight years from now and continue to say, hey, we believe in small government. We believe in conservative values. And people are going to say, well, hold on. You know, Trump was in, in the White House and we had the Senate. And we passed these huge bailouts, which were the greatest wealth transfer from the poor working class, the middle class in this country, to the rich. And that's exactly what that is. Don't let anybody tell you different. I mean, look at it. It's the cheese in the trap, as uh, Congressman Thomas Matthew would say. The cheese in the trap. That's one of my favorites. Thomas Matthew was the congressman who forced everybody to physically show up to vote in Congress, correct? All the Republicans are taking in talking points now. You want a real conservative, you want a real constitutionalist, you look at Thomas Massey. And, Mac, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to build a bench of people across the country, leaders, activists, and infrastructure for us to take the country back. So here's what we do at Young Americans for Liberty. I go out and I recruit college students 
on a message they're not hearing in the classroom. You know what that message is? Government is not the answer to all of our problems. We, the people, can solve these things, not some government committee, not some government bureaucrat, not some empty suit that promises the world we can't produce or deliver it. We get all these students excited, and then I take these students out, and we endorse Thomas Massey-like candidates, hardcore fiscal conservative people that believe in civil liberties in the Constitution, and we go out and we door knock for these candidates. We've won 56 races just this past cycle, and I'm aiming to do 150 races in 2020. Well, that, that's that's fabulous. I think we lost you. Did we lose your communication? Because I haven't. We're out there trying to build that bench. Yeah, we. Uh, you got to repeat everything you just said because you. Uh, we're out entirely. You might be on a cell phone. Are you? Are you moving or are you still? Because we missed. We missed all your lines. After the fifty-six victories, we never heard you again. We didn't hear you here. We had fifty-six victories this past cycle, and like I said, the tactic is sending out our students, our activists, to go out and knock doors, go directly to turn out voters. And so, in twenty twenty, what we're aiming to do is do one hundred and fifty races across the country. For hardcore conservatives, if you want to recommend a candidate to us, you can go to yaliberty.org slash door. You want to get a student involved or a young adult with what we're doing, they can also get involved at yaliberty.org. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to develop up-and-coming leadership, Mac, of people who really believe in the Constitution and conservative, liberty-minded principles, and we're trying to make that an effective infrastructure across the country. Yeah, it's so important, and and the fact that you're dealing with that age group uh, gives me great uh, great joy because they're the, they're the unreachable ones. You know, they're looking down at their phone. How is it that you're appealing to them? Are you actually going to their Instagram and asking them to sign up with you and stuff like that? What is the method to to you know to appeal to them? Because I want to be able to use this recording and send it around so that you, you know they know you're talking to them. Well, Mac, you know, here at Young Americans for Liberty, what we do is we focus not just on digital outreach. So, yeah, we use social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Um, I mean, we're, we're on all of these platforms trying to connect and putting out content and getting people to start asking what is the proper role of government. Because to me, that's the question. And here's the best part, Mac. Young people eat this up, and here's why. They sit in the classroom all through high school. They sit in the classroom through college, and they hear the same trope over and over again, that they're not good enough. They have to rely on government. There's a problem. Turn to government. They want something more than that. This is America. We have a spirit of individualism, of, of being innovative, creativity. These are the things young people want. But they're not hearing that message. Yeah, and they're sitting there with their student debt, and it's not being paid because they can't get a job. <laughs> right. So we go out and do what we call campus activism, okay? So not just on social media, but when campus is open, we go out and we do street theater. We try to engage students. And I got to tell you, when students interact with us, they love it. They love the message of individualism. They love the message of American exceptionalism. And so I try to harness that energy, harness that passion, and get them involved, get them reading, get them diving a lot deeper, but then take that energy off campus into the community 
to try to help with these elections and the bench we're trying to build. Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. And uh, I just have one like little catchphrase I want to offer you and to see if you can repeat it because I wrote about it in my book. Government is not the answer to your unanswerable grievances. So many young people have grievances that they were taught can be answered and they're not answerable. Like being born in a difficult situation, being born in a dysfunctional situation, being born with a childhood uh, economic condition, being born with a childhood disease or another malady that runs in your family. There's so many things that really make life difficult for some people. And I don't pose to tell me government's going to solve any of those problems. So I like to tell people, look, we know that life isn't, you know, that it's incredibly unfair. And we know you have to redeem yourself. And we know that we're going to make a lot more mistakes than our victories. But our victories have to be huge. And for that, for our victories to be huge, we can't have government meddling in our success and our redemptions. They're unanswerable grievances. And anybody who tells you otherwise is lying to you. Stop voting for the left, period. And government cannot answer unanswerable grievances. And I think kids will get that better than problems, problems. You know, problems is like, you know, it's too it's too vague. It's too open-ended. But unanswerable grievances get them thinking because they know what a grievance is. There's a lot of people who think that the rich gets richer and the poor get poor. And I'm an immigrant. I'm the son of an immigrant. And my father lived the American dream. My father came here with 50 bucks and left me lots of money, me and my brothers. We watched my dad with a broken English pack the back of a, 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 a car full of vegetables and eventually had 15 trucks on a railroad line, moving produce wholesale, feeding people, and got to see small businesses grow in these tiny restaurants to servicing the, the entire school system, including your Miami Dolphins. So I don't want to hear the story of how unfair things are. My father never complained, never thought. He thought America, the very fact they let him in the door as a Cuban immigrant, couldn't believe that this place, everything was possible. But you had to redeem yourself. You had to make mistakes and correct them. And you cannot have a government regulator telling you that you got to invest in their stupid regulation or their stupid inspection while you're trying to keep your business open. You know, I mean, it's just disgusting. So there's unanswerable grievances out there that, man, the Joe Bidens are the worst at that. They've created all our problems. Uh, that whole party's created problems and regulations, and and the water's not any cleaner. In fact, it's uh, cleaner because we want to keep it clean. You know what I mean? I mean, industry needs to keep it clean. I heard stories in the 20s and 30s that the Gulf of Mexico used to, it was common to see carcasses of sick cattle floating all around farmlands in Mississippi, Alabama, Panhandle of Florida, Texas, just thrown out to sea because they were sick animals. They weren't burned or anything. They were just floating out there. And we don't have that anymore. And it wasn't because of government regulation. It's because we advanced ourselves. We don't we don't gain by contaminating our water. It wasn't the EPA, you know. So it's that it's that thing that's out there that drives me crazy. I even gave it a name in my book. It's called the progressive virus. And when coronavirus came out, because I wrote the book in 2013, I thought it was fitting that here was a virus called corona, and I had called progressivism, liberalism, statism progressive virus. It contaminates a young person's hard drive, psychological hard drive, and it spreads like a computer virus among liberal minds. And uh, 
I'm always taken aback by how much that cell phone is educating my children. You know, no matter what I try to do to raise my children in the right way, I feel undermined by the cell phone because I don't know what they're really watching, and I don't want to. I don't want to even think of the crap they're listening to and reading, and 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 I just know they're up all night looking down at their phone. They're they're watching stupid stuff, and I just pray that organizations like yours get through to them. And I'm so happy that you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And once again, I, I'd, I'd encourage anybody listening, if you have candidates um, that fit our mold, you know, people who believe in the principles of the Constitution and civil liberties, and especially fiscal conservatism, um, I would really, really encourage you to go to yaliberty.org. If you go specifically to yaliberty.org slash door, uh, you can recommend a candidate. We have a survey they fill out. You can chip into our efforts. Um, we're trying to build a bench. And uh, I appreciate you giving me the time to come on today and talk about it. And I uh, would really, really encourage everybody uh, to get involved. This is a long-term play. I'm trying to build a bench of a new generation here. And uh, it's something I think we need to do. Um, and especially, like you said, with some of the things of the younger generation. So I appreciate your time today. Thanks again. Yeah, uh, thank you very much for the call. Uh, please call again. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, Charlie and Candace Owens uh, listen to this conversation because I've met them personally. I'm telling, I was telling them that I'm going to do my best. I, I met them at the Nova House uh, campus class that they had at the, uh, at the Nova High School here in Davie, Florida. And uh, they, uh, I was j- just as jubilant as I was when I met them. I'm just as jubilant now meeting you. So I hope you called me back. Thanks again. You take care. You bet. So as you can see, we're out there. We're working it. We're enjoying what we're doing. In my case, it was the immigrant story. Me being born in the United States in 1964, watched a man make the American dream come true for me and my brothers. That's my motivation. And he, he gets it. He understands that he has to go with the youth. And uh, unfortunately... I just realized in my communications right now, I wanted to, and I failed to ask him that final question. What is it that, what is it that motivated you? And it would have been nice for me to know Mr. Mahoney's origins. So since I shared my origins, I maybe in an organic way wanted him to express himself on what motivated him to set up this organization. And I'll tell you, man, there's, there's this, there's this thing going on. And um, it has, you know, it has to do with the obvious. You know, how are the kids are being raised? What is coming through their phones? What is it they're reading that they, that has them behaving the way they do? What makes them think that with their selfie on, their face in the crowd, they're doing selfies, they are attending these protests? What makes them think that they can say what they say there, and then? Not even turn their phone off and rush into a store to take stuff, to loot stuff, to walk out with brand new sneakers. We saw today a guy in in uh, a red outfit, Adidas outfit. I mean, this guy was decked out. It looked like he had stole that stuff the night before. They were brand new. You can tell when something's brand new. And he's got his red sneakers on, his Adidas red outfit on, the red hat. And he was still coming out of a Nike store with two more boxes of sneakers, and he, and he walked right in front of the cops, a gauntlet of police officers. They were standing across the street, but right in front of them. 
by himself. He wasn't even in a crowd or anything. And he could care less. He could care less. Are they actually going to arrest the guy? They've got him on ID, photo ID. They got him on scanning ID. If I saw him as close up as I did, that means the, the law enforcement will have the same video in a second. Chances are they will not. What do they have him on? The stealing of two Nike pair of shoes? Uh, you got to cross your fingers that they also have him throwing the rock that broke the window. But who gets charged? Do they both get charged the same? Do they make them rat each other out? I don't think they're going to spend any kind of time on that those kind of crimes. They, they're going to prosecute, hopefully, enough Antifa members simply because they happen to come to the protest dressed like a bunch of black ninjas with the black masks, black shirt, black sneakers, black pants. And they get them to rat each other out under arrest. You're under arrest. Let me know who your organization is, who's communicating with you. Grab their cell phones. You get all the phone numbers that way. Who, who who gave you the 200 bucks to come to this protest? Who paid for your gas to come from another state? What is going on? We want to know. And maybe if they're looking at five years in jail, that means they have to have a five-year in jail prosecutable crime. Hopefully the burning of a police car is five years in jail. Because the value of a police car with all that decked out stuff that the cars have between the sirens and the electronic equipment in there, I got to think that each one of these cars costs easily a hundred grand with all their gadgets, $50,000 car and another $50,000 in gadgets. I don't see why not. Get them on that stuff. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Why is it that the American public public have to sit there and watch their town being burned? The question I wanted to ask him, I believe I did. Can we correlate what we're watching on TV, the frustration we have of watching our City burns to the ground, these great American businesses and commerce going to crap after going through three months of coronavirus. Does it correlate to what allowed this to get this bad? The lack of guns, personal carry, assault weapons, where an owner can make sure that he uses his weapon to protect the inside of his business to make the threat outside, perhaps, to keep the rocks from coming into the into the storefront by just standing the storefront on the inside and letting everybody out there know, I'm here to protect my business and show that he's armed. But chances are you don't even have to do that. Here in Miami, you don't see rioting on Flagler Street and 8th Street where everybody's packed to the gills. You just don't see it. Even in downtown, even in downtown, they might get rough and tumble. They might start mouthing off, maybe throwing some rocks and stuff. But they don't do that open-ended shooting. They might do it to a government building because the government is PC and they can't do anything. They can't draw weapons. But, uh, you know, they don't use the dogs anymore either. You know, there's no German shepherds out there like in the racial days of the 60s. So you can't do that anymore. you got to re respect human life, respect uh, civil rights, human rights, all that that all sounds dandy, but my God, there's so many people who are, have their whole lives invested in their businesses, and they live day to day, paycheck to paycheck like the rest of us, except for they're risking capital. And they're still literally just drawing salaries from their business because, quite frankly, their net profit at the end of the year is not suffice 
it's only suffice to keep it in the operating account for next fiscal year, the following year, to upgrade, to expand. They really, a lot of business owners can't take home money to buy themselves a boat, to buy themselves an extra vacation. No, man. At best they got is help their children to school, pay for tuition, pay for books. Kids have problems too. Children surprise you with stuff like extra money needed for tutors, extra money to get them uh, help. Uh, God forbid drug problems. God forbid health problems. Sometimes you can't afford a car, but you have to pay someone to take them to school. And sometimes it's at the college level. So, you know, there's a lot of unanswerable grievances. And I hope he, I hope he understands that, that there's a way to communicate that sometimes comes from people that are concrete conservatives. 94.5, Key Biscayne, Florida, Blinker Radio. Kind of sounds like a, like it has a catch, doesn't it? A lot of things in America, for instance... A lot of things that 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 are that are picked up in America don't really apply to South Florida. Don't really apply to communities where things are just simply odd. For instance, I'll give you an example just here in Key Biscayne. Can anybody who hears this now or on recording later can always catch our recordings on WSQFRadio.com where we archive the Concrete Conservative Show. You can also see an interview we did with Sydney Powell, who represented. General Flynn, Michael Flynn, she called us the Monday after Attorney Barr submitted his documents. And we spoke to her. But we told her this stuff about South Florida. There's a lot of things here that are just odd to Americans, like the legal alien in Key Biscayne, legal immigrant, pays the majority of the real estate taxes in Key Biscayne. Think about that. Back in a moment. Still long, it'll 
to number one Suddenly everyone loves to hear him sing a song Watching the world go by, surprising it goes so fast Johnny looked around him and said, well, I made the big time at last Don't you know, don't you know, don't you Yeah.
Well, we're back here on the Concrete Conservative. Yours truly, Mac on the Rock. You can go to my website, wsqfradio.com. Today, for the next 20 minutes, you can call 1-844-645-9773 and toll free. I'll answer a call today. I usually don't. My local number is 305-365, better than a taxi, 7777. I'll answer a call today. What the hell? You know, I'm I'm really uh, peeved and I haven't really talked about anything that's gone on recently. I've been watching TV like everybody else. Um, had some health issues in March. So I've been recuperating at home. Really can't get the coronavirus after what happened to me. Um, suffered three strokes. Uh, my mom passed away. So, you know, why not change it up? Everything else in life has changed on me. So I'll take a call if you want to call me. 1-844-645-9773 is toll free. 305-365-7777 is my local number. Um, It would be new to me for you all to interject. Do you want to insult me or something? If you're a lefty, come come at me. You know, I I fully free, you know, I... I'm free to be insulted. You know, I insult you guys all the time, so why shouldn't I insult? I uh, I had a typical conversation to, today, um, you know, about the the weapons thing and the right to defend your businesses. And I, I do notice if you don't own a business, you really don't feel the pain of having someone burn down your business. Like the gentleman who had a restaurant burnt down, the other one who lost a sports bar. Everybody had gone through the coronavirus. One guy was opening it for the first time, the sports bar. But the, this couple that was interviewed today on TV, you know, uh, born and raised in, in, in Minneapolis, and they they boarded their place up after being uh, looted. And the next day they burned it down, even with the boards, you know. It's like, what a, how'd, they catch, I mean, how'd they catch the attention of these riffraff? I mean... The place was already boarded up. You would think they'd walk right by it. No, man. They found some way to get in there and burn it down. It's just disgusting. And when you have a business that you live and breathe, these people admitted to 80-hour workdays. How can you ignore the fact that that ruins their lives for something they did not do? It wasn't their knees. Their knees were not involved. They only used their knees to work. Not to prosecute, not to abuse, not to... I mean, you're hearing the stories of the officer and George Floyd, that they were, they knew each other from some strip joint somewhere where one was the bouncer and one was the hot diggity dog on the inside. And there was some, there was some ax to grind between the cop. I'm not going to name his name because, quite frankly, if they say he's on suicide watch. You know, let them do it. I mean, what the hell? Kill them the rope, as they would say. Spare us all the agony. Maybe that would stop the riots. You know, we wake up tomorrow and the guy took himself out. Spare us all, you know? Like Epstein, you know what I mean? Like Epstein didn't kill himself kind of thing. Just tell the story differently. Something's got to happen since you don't got weapons to, to, to enforce justice. In any of these cities, Portland, San Francisco, L.A., Philadelphia, New York City, Washington, D.C., of course, Minneapolis, St. Paul, none of these places have the right to bear arms 
the right to conceal carry, you know, don't back down like we have here in Florida. None of them. Zero. And will we make the claim that, hey, it's your Democrats' policies and their present behavior as commander-in-chief of their states, governors of the National Guard, it's their complicity, their flimflamness, their soft, soft as butter cakes has got you in this situation where they can't protect you nor your businesses. They don't care what you say. They can go into your church and keep you from praying when you have coronavirus. Yeah, that they'll do because you're meek, you're wimpy, and your priest will close the door, and the pastor will close the door, so you won't even be able to get into the church. And if you do get in, you guys better be like six feet apart. Well, there cops will show up and kick everybody out because, you know, what the hell? Wimpy kids, you can come get us. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty and the riffraff who don't care about you or me or the law show up and get paid, either by stealing, by looting, or literally get a paycheck, well, let's say cash, what are you going to do? Nothing. You're going to watch on TV like all these business owners watched. Their business burned to the ground. And I repeat, there are times where the the owners go to clean up and it starts it starts getting dark outside. And the hood returns. And guess what they do? They smack the owners. They're trying to defend their place, calling out to them, leave us alone. Get out of our face. Yeah, woman, you want me to get out of your face? How about this? Boom, get a smack in the face. I watched that. You watched that. We all watched that. Think about the Polk County Sheriff. What did he think about that? Really? I mean, come on. What did he say? What the hell did he say that was so damn important? Damn it. This is what he said, okay? Yeah, but some of the criminals are going to take their criminal conduct into the neighborhoods. I would tell them if you value your life, you probably shouldn't do that in Polk County because the people of Polk County like guns. They have guns. I encourage them to own guns. And they're going to be in their homes tonight with their guns loaded. And if you try to break into their homes to steal, to set fires, I'm highly recommending they blow you back out of the house with their guns. So leave the community alone. And we'll do our best to support the community. But ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake about it. All of that ugliness has taken away from what we're united about. We're united about the conduct that you saw with George, where his life was taken with the need of the net. It's horrific, and there's not enough words to explain that. It's basically that, folks. Nobody in their right minds, nobody, not even a racist, not even a jerk-off racist, okay, can see what happened to George Floyd and not be appalled, especially when you, you watch the officer roll his knee on his neck like, Grind it in there, you know? It's just like persistent. He had his he had his hand on his lap. You can tell that it wasn't in his pocket as many people saw 
because he had black gloves on. And he was just riding him like, I know you. I remember you back at the nightclub. All that attention you got, how popular you were. They called you the gentle giant. And I was out as a bouncer. Just remembered how popular you were. You are and how unpopular I was. You were a football star in Texas, Mr. Floyd. I know about you. You almost made it pro. You know? And I'm just a bouncer. And now I'm a cop. So I'm bigger than you. And you're high as a kite. And I'm going to pin you to the ground. And you might want to give me lip. You might want to spit in my face. Whatever you might want to do. I'm going to take it out on you now because I got handcuffs on you and your face is in the ground and you're begging for your life and I'm grinding my knee. And guess what? That is damn insidious. That's disgusting. And quite frankly, I could care less if he's found hanging tomorrow in his jail cell. Who the hell would care? I'm a concrete conservative. You can call me extremist, radical, stupid, whatever. Whatever you want. It's okay with me. I have the right to say this. We have the right to defend property. It's an, it's an American virtue. It is the reason why we are the greatest country in the world. It has to start with property, property rights. Because what's a country without the, its real estate, without its property? Sometimes I wonder, are we really that important or is a nation more important than us? Us as people per se, like dying off in a coronavirus, killing the people that this coronavirus was intended to kill because this virus did not happen through some live market in Wuhan, China. This thing was made in a lab and it was altered in a lab. And I believe the stories that there were characteristics of this virus with genetic code taken from the AIDS virus and embedded in there. I can't really study, I can't really say I studied the scientific way it's embedded in there. I don't know exactly how DNA codes from two different viruses embed themselves to create another virus, but the characteristic of the coronavirus that may have been from this infamous bat that does not live or reside in Wuhan. Apparently the bat is from other parts of China, but to mix it, to embed it, to to coordinate it, to clone it in a manner in which it, it develops the the, the 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 quantity or the quality of its ability to hang and attach itself to human organs is the AIDS virus. How the AIDS went from the Reese monkey, you know, associate the two, you know, AIDS Reese monkey and coronavirus from the bat. You attach these two stories together. Come on, man. It's made in a lab. And when you think of this theory, it's not even conspiratorial. As I repeat, I'm the son of a Cuban immigrant. I know communism. People in South Florida know communism. Us Cubans talked about this type of communism. We've seen dissidents in Cuba go down with dengue and cholera. It's not unheard of to kill your opposition through biological means because it's not an assassination per se. They didn't run you off the road like they did with Oscar Paya, Osvaldo Paya, sorry. I'm missing, there's another dissident named Oscar, but uh, 
Osvaldo Payá was killed, run off the road, and his car spun into a tree, and the tree happened to hit the side door that he was sitting on. That's formal institutional assassination. But if you don't want to, the scandal that that causes, the, the chaos that causes that, it's kind of unpredictable when that happens. And this way is much better, biological terror. And if you don't think we were attacked with biological terror by a country that that killed 20, 30 million people to get into power in 1948 as the Mao Zedong revolution demonstrated to us? If you don't think the Chinese are willing to kill a million worldwide just to stay in power, take down Hong Kong, buy American stocks cheap, take over a bunch of industries. They bought, they, they, right now, Smithfield ham, you know, the Smithfield ham that you eat at Winn-Dixie? Owned by the Chinese in 2017, I think. They were buying the company up, and they paid handsomely for it. They paid, I think, uh, $30 more a share than anybody else. And that's 5 or 6% of the pork production in this country. So, you know, they're, they're buying food supply in this country. You know, they said they're going to pay Trump $260 billion in foodstuffs. Well, guess what? I bet you that deal is off. But if they're going to have starving people, the deal will be right back on. They're all over Latin America. But if you don't think they attacked us with bioterror knowing the Democratic Party would carry their water after just watching what they've been doing to the president for two and a half years with false impeachment allegations, come on, man. Are you kidding me? you got to be an idiot to think that I'm talking conspiracy. I'm not talking conspiracy, man. I'm talking M.O. Modus operandi. These Chinese people, especially the hierarchy of the power, I'm not even saying it's from the top down. I'm not even saying it's Jinping, Jinping, Xi Jinping, the premier. I'm not only even saying he ordered it because chances are he was just as surprised as anybody else. But if you don't think that there's people in the hierarchy, in the security state, like our deep state, in their country, doing things that might undermine the top just because they can, just because they felt like it, just because it was part of their plan, just because their brand of communism is different than the formal public, you know, the known public Communist Party of China, I'm sorry, man, the country's just too large for you to think a country that large can be run by one guy from top down. You're you're full of it. It ain't Cuba. In Cuba, I can say that Fidel was pretty much on top of everything. He was pretty much in control of just about everything that went on. But there's a difference between 11 million people on an island of Alcatraz, communist Alcatraz, 90 minutes being a little chihuahua behind the fence for all this time, compared to 1.3 billion Chinese. Are you kidding me, man? You're going to tell me that this happened just in happenstance? You're going to tell me that they kept everybody out of Wuhan, nobody in Wuhan could leave Wuhan within China, but they could go worldwide? Come on, man. Please. How can you guys throw these catchphrases on it? Oh, well, that guy in Concrete Conservative is crazy. He's another conspiracy theorist. I don't think it's conspiracy, man. I believe it's human. Communism. Human communism. Communism is not this thing. 
You guys use communists all the time, but when I mean communists, I'm talking about the individual's perception of the communist system in their head, in their heart, to have them and allow them to live the way they do. And climb the corporate ladder based on communist policy doctrine. Not the business you opened, not the money you made, you saved and expanded and perfected like we do it here with free market capitalism, where you get to the top and sometimes it's almost too late. You're almost too old to be rich, you know. The average Joe gets rich, you know, in his late 50s, 60s, and, you know, who needs the millions at that age? You know, it's to just leave it behind, which is the real American dream when you think about it. I wrote it in my book, the real, the real meaning of life in my eyes. And chances are there will be in your eyes too because you can't debate it after that. What could really be the American dream? What could be really be the meaning of life? What could be the real personification of the pursuit of happiness? What could that be if it's not to leave an inheritance, not to leave something behind of value, either in education, in talent, in skill set, maybe even just great genes, or property, real estate, assets, so that you can live a better life and offer the same to your children and also leave them untouched by government. As I also wrote in my book, The Fiscals. Go to thefiscals.com. You're down to the last couple of months of the 400 pages assembled differently, electronically, on a website. You go to thefiscals.com. You can see all the, the chapters there that are different websites in and of themselves. And try to hack it. Try to take it down. Do your best because I've got as, as much firewall and, uh, technology in there that I could afford. Go for it. But I, I talk about the reinvention of the United States by affect, not effect. And it's clearly directed at what is not acceptable in this country, reform. It's time for reinvention. And there's nothing, there's no way to reform these cities without weapons other than reinventing the private, private carry laws, allow people to defend themselves. That's not necessarily mean they can stand out on the street and just take out rioters on the street. No, I do not mean that. I mean that once the looting starts in your building, which also includes the roof, by the way. Remember the guy in L.A. who saved the whole neighborhood? Wasn't prosecuted. I believe he was Asian. He saved the whole neighborhood in L.A. during the Rodney King riots because he had a rifle. And he was letting it rip. And the, the, everybody stayed away from the neighborhood as they heard the shots fired. And I believe the, I believe he was not prosecuted because he saved the neighborhood. The rioters didn't come down that street. They could hear that this guy was brandishing a rifle on the roof, and the rioters stayed away because they knew they were going to be taken out. Well, knowing that experience, I can honestly say my sentiments, uh, you know, means that as well. We need to protect our homes, our properties. So this is Florida. Signing off the concrete conservative. Stay free, my friends. I've had enough. I hope you take care. I hope you love your country as this immigrant boy does because America is simply the greatest country in the world and we should take ourselves a little bit more seriously and a little bit, have a little bit more respect for what is ours. Stay free, my friends. 